Another week, another loss. We've got your breakdown and some other takeaways about the Giants' loss to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football. That's coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Hello, New York Giant fans. Welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. I'm Patricia Chena, P Train, and I am joined as always by David Turner. David Turner joins me after a Giants game and uh, the New York Giants tonight. You know what? It could have been a lot worse. It wasn't a blowout, but uh, the Giants losing to the Buffalo Bills 14 to nine as the offense continues to sputter for a variety of reasons, which David and I will get into. Uh, The defense played pretty well. We'll talk about that. And where does this one in five team go from here? So that's what we're going to cover on today's episode of the Locked on Giants podcast. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. David, you want to start with the good or the bad? I'll leave it up to you. No, you know, I think that we can take uh, some some positives for sure out of tonight. And do you want to start with offensive positives or defensive positives? Well, let's let's talk about defensive positives because I think there were probably more defensive positives than offensive positives. Well, the defensive positives obviously were the playing of Okereke, McFadden, um, <clears throat> we, Xavier McKinney, obviously. Um, Banks played very well. You know, we saw some really good play out of some of our 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 back end. And our second level players, uh, you know, Dexter Lawrence flashed a few rushes tonight. It was nice for him to, you know, make an appearance. So, you know, it was, there was some stuff that really worked. I think Wink called a really, really good game. Um, the Bills kind of helped us with their focus only on digs. I mean, the Bills offense is better when they get Gabriel Davis going and Knox going and then running the football and then Diggs winds up getting open but tonight they just seemed on focus of pumping him the ball so it was it worked into our favor because obviously Wink had a a good pattern I think uh, you know Diggs did he got targeted 16 times you know he was 10 of 16 and he did have 100 yards but I mean to have a one player targeted 16 times in in an NFL game that's a lot that's a lot. That's a, that's a statement that we need to get this guy the ball, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that played into Wing's hands a little bit, being honest with you, because he was going to double cover him all night. Um, and he really he took away, you know, digs for most of the big plays a lot. I mean, 10 catches for uh, 100 yards even. It's an average of, you know, 28 or uh, 10, 10 yards a catch, and the long was 28. So most of those were five and seven yard catches for him, really. Um, which again, if you're going to bottle up a player like Diggs, that that's the way to do it. 
So um, and other players didn't really show up to to, to really defeat us at the point. You know, we it, we kind of uh, helped them out with some of what we did, uh, giving them the ball back, and then some of the loosey goosey stuff that we did. But you know, Josh was first forced off his spot all night. He didn't look comfortable. He was hit. He was uh, you know he was harassed. Um, so you know we did see some more live out of. Uh, Thibodeau tonight, we saw Simmons get in there. So we saw some life of our pass rush getting through and making a difference. Yeah, yeah, the defense played pretty well. I mean, and and it's funny, I was saying, you know, Bobby Okereke had a heck of a game. And I was saying, win or lose, Okereke should be defensive player of the week. Now, he won't get it because the Giants lost, but he's been playing lights out. Matter of fact, this is the best linebacker play I think I can recall seeing in quite some time from that inside linebacker spot. Now, offensively, we'll talk about what went wrong in the next segment, but there were a few things that went right for the Giants on offense. And I think we got to start with the return of 26. Well, of course, the return of 26, but 26 was only averaging about four yards, if that, a carry until he popped some big ones when the the line coach and the offensive coordinator learned what a trap play was. Um, you know, they were like, oh, shoot, we can run a trap and it can work. Yeah, let's do it seven times in a row. Um, so, you know, it, they what I saw up front was they base, they, they basically they, they got it down to basics. They brought it back down. It wasn't complicated. It really was hat on hat and try to block. Um, we did see tight ends in. We did see running backs in, especially at the end of the game, uh, second to last play or so. You know, you had the you had the running back and the tight end right next to Tyrod. They stepped up. They helped the tackles perfectly. Um, you know, Tyrod decided to run, which we'll talk about later. But um, you know, it was a situation where. I thought the coaches on the offensive line and the protection calls got back to basics. They kept it simple. People, I didn't see mental breakdowns. Did we have issues blocking them? Yes, but those were because of you know technique. Those were skill level and sets that weren't mental breakdowns. I didn't see a lot of oh shucks blocks like oh who's supposed to have that guy and the quarterback's picking himself up tonight. So. Uh, they basically they got back down to basics. I liked what I saw there. I also liked what I saw out of the receivers. I thought the receivers were winning some ma- some battles. I saw I saw them winning some battles and being open in some situations. They didn't necessarily get the ball, but when they were showing replays and stuff, I was seeing them work them way open. And I really liked what I saw there. And then obviously, you know, having Barkley back there is a difference-making uh, opportunity because, you know, if you don't load up the box, he's going to pop those 12, 15, 20-yard runs, right? It's just what he's going to do. That's why he's so lethal. Um, and if you do load up the box, it gives the quarterback an opportunity to take some shots downfield. And, you know, we found Hyatt on one long ball, and, you know, we tried a couple other ones. Um, so it was a situation where I think having 26 back there is definitely uh intimidation factor for what he can do. And we saw it in the second half, you know, when we were in the end of the first half, second half, we saw what he could do, just pop some runs and boom, here we go. Yeah. Barkley finishing with 24 carries for 93 yards. And we've spoken after a game about feeding 
the ball to Barkley. Barkley, I thought, was going to be on a pitch count because he had been limited the last two weeks in practice. He still didn't look 100%. He didn't look right. There were a couple times when he went to cut, and, and it looked like that ankle was still a little shaky, but he made it through. Hopefully he didn't make it that injury any worse to where, you know, he has to sit out next week. But, you know, getting over the hump and getting him back in there. The offensive line, they only gave up three sacks. Um, I thought they did a, a much better job overall. Tyrod Taylor, well, well, we'll we'll talk about him in the next one. But he finished uh, 24 of 36, 200 yards um, for an 80.8 uh, rating. Had a long of 31, but I think he also had another long pass that went a little bit longer that got wiped out by a penalty, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the leading receiver, Wandale Robinson, eight catches out of eight targets, 40 for 62 yards, which, you know, um, hit those 62 yards were second on the team behind uh, Slayton 69. Giants, though, can't score touchdowns. They had to settle for field goals. I mean, they came close a couple of times. And, again, we'll talk about uh, that <laughs> in the next segment. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, I was like, don't walk me down that road right now. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll catch on that. We'll, we'll touch on that on the next one. I just wanted to recap on this. But, but uh, you know, the rushing game, again, 34 carries total, 132 yards. Um, so good job there. The receivers, fairly good job. But coming up, we're going to talk about those decisions and what doomed this team in the uh, at, at, in the end results. So don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. Hey, Giant fans, if you want to secure tickets to your favorite concerts, shows, and sporting events without the stress, then you need to check out Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets right up until the day of the event. With amazing deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. And with Game Time, you not only get the lowest prices on an event, you also get to see exactly what your vantage point is going to be in the venue with their clear images of seat views. Plus, they offer event cancellation protection. And if that's not enough, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less elsewhere, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So go ahead and snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Terms apply. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Hey, Giant fans, if you are looking for a fun and different way to play fantasy football this season, you need to check out Prize Picks. Just pick two or more players, predict their stats, and sit back and see how they perform. It takes less than 60 seconds to make an entry. And best of all, you can turn a few bucks into some nice cash with the right projections. This weekend, the Giants are going to have the Washington Commanders, a game that they should be able to win. So if Daniel Jones returns, can he throw for 100 or more yards? Make that projection. Can Saquon Barkley, if he returns, carry the ball more than five times? Make that projection as well. See how you do. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app known for its quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and wide selection of players and stat types. And they offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday, 
when every Tuesday prize picks discount select player projections up to 25% to give you even more value. So what are you waiting for? Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use the promo code NFL for first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash NFL and that promo code is NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to Locked On Giants. You've got Patricia Trena and special guest David Turner, former NFL scout. And we are breaking down the New York Giants loss to the Buffalo Bills. Not too bad, a 14 to 9 loss. And yeah, I know I'm I'm kind of like, I guess, resigned here because it's like it could have been 40 to 9, and it's, you know, a loss is a loss, as they say. But David, this offense continues to be a problem. You know, some stats here. Um, the Giants held the ball for 31 minutes, 24 seconds. They won the time of possession. They outgained the Buffalo Bills 317 to 297. But they were 0 for 5 in the red zone, 0 for 3 and goal to goal. They had that Botched play, which I still don't know what the heck happened on that botched play at the end of the first half. There were some communication issues. I mean, what's what's up with this offense, man? I said to my daughter, I said that I said if they run the ball with with eight seconds to go and they don't make it, they're gonna they're, they're gonna miss their opportunity here because they can't get relined up. And she goes, "Are they gonna run the ball?" I go, "Yeah." And they ran the ball, <laughs> and I lost my, I lost my mind. Let's put it that way. And, and she was just like, "You called it," and I was like, "Of course I called it because I saw what was coming here." Um, but it looked like Tyrod checked. Um, it looked like they had a pass play called, and then Tyrod checked because of the defense. And that's situational coaching. And really, is you, you got to get your players ready for all situations. And in that situation, you got to be like, "Hey." Don't check. Run the play. You know, throw the ball away if you if you if you don't have it, throw it away, and we'll kick a field goal because we're coming out of the half with the ball again. Mm-hmm. So you know, if we kick a field goal here and another field goal, that's six points we can turn around. It's just as good as a touchdown. You know, so it's a situational. The situational coaching really hurt us tonight. Time management and clock management uh, hurt us tonight in uh, several ways, but on offense. That one, that one series at the end of the half where they got all the way down there, and it was like you're at the one. You got eight seconds. It's two plays. That's one pass play. If you're really quick, you know, run a Z fly and try to hit a guy on, you know, running out of bounds like type situation where you, you can hit him and his momentum's going laterally. If you can't make it, let him run out of bounds. You still got three seconds to get the field goal. If you have five seconds, hey, you can snap the ball one more time, throw a fade. Clock won't run out. You'll have two seconds. You know, this is all the analytical stuff that we were taught in the league. Like how many plays you can run with eight seconds can be up to three plays if you call the right plays. But they're all pass plays because you need you need incompletions or you need the balls to you need the the ball carry to run out of bounds. Um, running the football is just never going to be. And when you don't have a timeout, you can't you can't do that. You just can't check to that. And that was something that, again, situational coaching um, and play calling right there caught us. Um, even the personnel they put on the field was all 
tight ends and stuff. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like you have all these receivers that can use these fly motions and different things like Buffalo did there for their first touchdown. You know, they ran a, a receiver no one's really ever heard of into a motion and then back out. Everybody paid attention to digs and boom, guys wide open. You know, um, that's the kind of stuff that you have to do when you're in those situations um, to really maximize not only the roster you have, but the time you have to run plays. So that, that was a problem for me. And even at the end of the game, when Tyrod decided to run the ball, it was like, man, there's not enough time. You have to know you have to throw that ball away, you know, live another day, just throw it away. I mean, picking, he didn't pick up a first down, you know, it was a situation where he ran, got the ball closer and we were lucky they called a PI, but even on the PI, um, the next play, you're trying to go right back to Waller. It's like, you just went to him. Um, and, and who thinks you're going to run the ball at that point? You know, you're better off to spread it out, create a one-on-one matchup or run a combo, a box-in-one style combo where you would run Waller through like to the to the post or to the flag and back of the end zone um, to sit up and then maybe run a guy underneath like, you know, Bellinger, somebody they're not looking for, right, underneath him and then hit Bellinger because everybody's going to float back to the back of the end zone for Waller. And then boom, here, here you go. You got your other tight end that no one's really paying attention to, uh, wide open. Those are the types of games that you got to play at those in those moments. David, I think they've gone 13 quarters now without scoring a touchdown. Is it the execution, the play calling? Why can't this team score six? I I attribute it to both, being honest. Like I think to Tonight we saw execution was poor um, in those situations. Um, you know, we're just not getting open. We're not. We're not in the play calling to me, and the situations you're putting the players in aren't aren't accurate. So I think it's both. Um, if I'm going to put more emphasis, it's on play calling. You know, protection and play calling because <clears throat> you can do so much. You can be so creative. If you watch what Mike McDaniels is doing in Miami, you watch what um, Shanahan's doing in in uh, San Francisco. Like they're just so creative in what they're doing with their pre-snap motions and moving safeties and linebackers, you know, around uh, before the ball's even snapped to get mismatches. Um, it's just to me, you gotta you always gotta be a student of the game. And you got to constantly learn. And I would be in the lab with some of their tapes right now and saying, what personnel do I have? I can run that play because I love that play. And we have players that can do similar things. Um, so, you know, it's not like we have a Tyree kill, but high is pretty dang fast, you know. And, you know, is a Waddle. Okay, we got Waddell. I mean, it sounds almost the same, right? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'm just saying, like, <clears throat> going in the lab, I learned that from Greg Knapp, the late Greg Knapp. He would always watch uh, – he would have us pull, like, the top <clears throat> ten explosive plays around the league every week and put them on a reel for him. And then he would go watch them just to see if there's something he likes or something that was, you know, part of our playbook that we can maybe call on that and do that. And I was always learning. He was always a, a student of the game. So, you know, for me, I think that's what we got to be for our offense, too. 
Yeah, I mean, the offensive line, not a horrible job tonight, considering that they had another injury. Joshua Zudu was was lost due to, I think, a turf toe. Justin Pugh got thrown in there. You know, he started off at left guard, and then when Azuda went down, they moved him over to left tackle. I think he had his share of struggles at left tackle, but he fought. I'll give him that. Uh, but the line, you know, to me just seemed a lot more settled, despite the fact this was, the what, the, the five million the combination that they've thrown out there. But, um, you know. But, again, I, just, I think it's because they kept it, they kept it basic. Right. If you they watched were it. Basic. Yeah, it was really basic blocking, so there wasn't a lot of mental, you know, you know, wondering where you're supposed to be. It, it was, and that's what I've been calling for for a long time. And the Bills ran a six man protection. I text you. I'm like, that's what it's supposed to look like when you bring in the offensive lineman. Like, you know, that that's how you run a six person protection with an extra offensive lineman, and it worked. So. You know, those are the kind of things I really I, I keep saying, and I'm gonna beat into him. It's like you gotta run that six offensive lineman on the field, and keep a back end or keep a tight end in, and you know what, go win with three. You, you got to do it. I mean, you can do it. You have good receivers, but if you if you're choosing not to do it, your quarterbacks are just gonna get pummeled. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Tyrod Taylor didn't take too bad of a beating. Uh, let me see if I had the defensive stats here. I think he only got hit. Uh, let's see. T- Taylor got hit, what, five times? Which is not exactly bad. hit five, I think. And it wasn't yeah, bad. Not we bad compared to what they've been giving up. Right. And, again, because we kept we, – we did keep six and eight in at times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we did uh, seven, I should say six and seven in at times. Um, and we did help him out. We moved the pocket some, he his his ability to move around and create when he was on the run, you know, that helped a little bit. Um, I don't understand some of the, like later in the game when we were looking for a score, we were running fade patterns and down the field instead of working the middle of the field. Um, the crossing routes are that San Francisco run are so basic but they just are effective and they work. And I think with our personnel, we can make them work even better because you got guys like Waller, you got guys like Paris Campbell that are super quick, Hyatt that's fast, um, that can run, you know, run people off and then come in and square in with somebody else behind them. Um, and those combinations just seem to work so well right now in San Francisco for uh, Brock Purdy. Why can't we adapt some of that? I think our personnel really works well with it and and again i'm not just trying to overhype what san francisco and miami are doing but they're not overly complicated schemes they're just motioning out different things uh pre-snap to get the matchups they want and then run a basic route combo and it and it works right all right so and i i just really like what we have for us you know to do the same Right. I was going to say, coming up next, we're going to talk about, you know, there's stuff to build on here. I mean, it's it, it's a loss, yes, and it stinks, but there's stuff that they can build on. So we're going to talk about that coming up right after this. Hey, Giant fans. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates, right? So that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. 
I'm about to launch another campaign on LinkedIn Jobs to find some new writers and editors for Giants Country, the site that I run over on Fan Nation for SI.com. And having used it before, the process is super easy and a big time saver. All you have to do is add your job description and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize whom you'd like to interview and hire. So giant fans, don't spend time sorting through endless resumes and dead-end leads. Put LinkedIn Jobs to work to you today for free by visiting linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Giant fans, join the Locked On Giants Insiders Club, where you can get exclusive content delivered directly to your phone. Plus, engage on one-on-one conversations with me via text. I'm excited to have you be a part of the Locked On Giants Insiders Club. And you can join now and be in the know all the time. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Giants for more information or to start your free 14-day trial. Again, that URL is joinsubtext.com slash Giants for more information or to start your free 14-day trial. All right, everybody, welcome back to Locked On Giants. You've got Patricia Trana, David Turner, special guest, former NFL scout. And David, again, a loss is a loss. I get it. But some finally some encouraging things. You know, the Giants actually competed against the Bills. They simplified stuff. They were a little bit more effective. They got Barkley back. I mean, what do they take to build on for next week when they – you know, return home and they get a little bit of a break as far as the difficult part of their schedule, so to speak. Well, again, I think they build on keep it simple, the KISS method. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I have. (laughs) Yes. Um, And then also, you know, stay aggressive on defense. Like Wink brought some pressures. He brought some people different different ways, and that's what we need to do, Um, make the quarterback um, uncomfortable on the spot. Because even though Sam Howell coming in is not, you know, the caliber of players we've been seeing lately, Sam threw for three touchdowns this weekend. Um, he's he's I think thrown for five five or seven in the last three games. So I mean, this is an offense that can score points and likes to score points, and they are putting sixes up on the board. So you know, um, it's a situation where. Um, this, you know, the commander's defense plays hard, but they're not that good. They kind of have some Swiss cheese action going. We just need to find those holes and, and utilize them. But by keeping the offensive line, again, blocking schemes, very simple. Um, and we're not, when we limit our mental breakdowns, I think that will help us be more productive. The trap plays obviously work well for us, but you can, they were trapping using, um, was it Glowinski trapping uh, right a lot? You know, with Larry Allen, they used to do with the old Cowboys was Larry Allen was a really good trapper too. So they would trap right with him, but then all of a sudden you would have him pull left, almost like a trap um, out in space. And Glasgow probably could do that as really well. So, you know, you would just take whoever the tackle is blocked out and then let Glasgow sidestep and come uh, out and then kick out block. So, you got to use his mobility and ability to hit uh, moving targets like that to our advantage. Um, and that means have him go both ways, doing it both ways uh, for that. 
because that that is a big advantage when you have an offensive lineman that can hit moving targets like that. So for me, keep it simple up front. Utilize your strengths. Play into them right now. Running the ball obviously is our is our biggest strength. Um, and then you know using Waller, Hy- Hyatt, um, those guys down down the field, Slayton across the middle. And then Wandell and his gadget plays. Let's do it. You know, on defense, again, stay aggressive. We got to see what happens with some of these injuries. I know we had some people banged up in the back end. And, you know, if they don't come back or if they're they're hurt a little bit more than, you know, they got through the game. There's always injuries where guys get through the game, but then they might sit the next week or something because once the adrenaline wears off, it really hurts. <laughs> so, um, you know, we got to see what happens there for the defense. But there are building blocks. Like I told you a few weeks ago, I was like going to the lab and figure it out, guys. We're not, we don't have an empty cupboard here. You know, we got, we got some tools. Um, but again, for defense, it's that you got to draw the line in that sand and so you're not crossing it. Okereke tonight drew the line. He said, you're not crossing it. And he did his best. I mean, from tipping passes to, you know, slicing and dicing in the backfield uh, at the goal line, making, you know, tackles for losses and stuff. I thought McFadden had a really good game. Like I said, like, there are guys that showed some pride tonight. Do we need more? Absolutely. We need more. But that was a very good step with some of these guys to show pride tonight. Yeah, it's about time for sure. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked On Giants podcast. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Make us your first listen of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Be sure to keep it here all week long. We've got plenty coming up on the Locked On Giants podcast. For David Turner and Patricia Trena, we will see you tomorrow, Giants fans.